Hello everyone, welcome to Wired In, your earth-shattering, jaw-dropping, brand new podcast featuring myself, Blake Johnson, alongside my partner in crime, Spencer. Hello, hello. Cole. And a lot has happened since the week we recorded. Like, <laughs> it's been hard. Like, uh, it, it, it sucks, like, that we don't have um, our ability to live stream yet because, like, there's just, dude, it has been an absolute train wreck. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and some insane. of it is follow-ups to topics we did last week, which is, is interesting. And yeah, I, so, it's definitely and, not copying our format from last week. So <laughs> yeah, definitely not. It's, it's yeah. for sure. You know, we're, we are working really hard to bring you top Always. quality, high end content every single week. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. And wanted to let you know, there's now a couple new ways you can listen to the podcast. Um, our primary platform that we're streaming off of is through anchor.fm. But if you like to listen to your podcasts on Spotify or Pocket Cast, you can find us there as well at Wired In. I was having a little bit of an issue initially trying to find it on Spotify, but I eventually did. So Sometimes I, th I think when I've launched a podcast on there before, it just took a few days for it to finally update Spotify. So when you searched for it, you could easily find it, but it should be up there now. I was able to subscribe to it. So if you like to listen there, you can, and we should have more platforms coming pretty soon. I know, I think Apple podcast is in the works as well as Google and, and some of the other popular ones that people like to listen to. So. Yeah. I've heard with um, I've heard with Apple Podcasts, they're a little bit finicky of trying to get on. Like, I know a couple of uh, buddies that had um, like not podcasts per se, but they had like audio drama. Well, I guess it would be considered a podcast, but uh, they had like audio drama stuff like posted on there, and then like it would get cycled out, and they would have to like, yeah, it's it it's it's finicky from what I've heard. But well, yeah. Apple in general likes to be finicky with people. I've well, yeah. I've come to realize, you know. <laughs> As they've as they've done to Microsoft most recently, so that might be a good segue into one of our one of our topics for today. But um, so, yeah, how, how have you been in the past week, Spencer? Everything holding up all right? Um, yeah, pretty good for the most part. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, just so much crazy shit happening just in general. Um, you, you were talking about like with Microsoft and stuff, like they. I mean, it's not really a surprise, like they, but they ended up dropping, like they end up actually announcing and making it official that the, the like, the Series S, not the One S, the Series S, and the X are going to be priced. The Series S is going to be priced around like three hundred, mm -hmm. two ninety nine, yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft's like trying to make it seem like trying to keep it secret, like that the Series S was like you know, like on the down low or whatever. But I'm like, dude. No. Everyone, everyone knows about it. Everyone I, knows it exists. Just like announce that it exists. In this world. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much a given. And now, you know, they act like, oh, by the way, guess what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we seem to be we seem to be more on top of your own products than you are, apparently, as far as letting people know about them. But well, and this and the strange thing, too, the strange thing, too, is like it, we're like what, like about a month and a half ish away from release. And they mm -hmm. were still keeping pricing secret. Like Sony, Sony at this point, it's it's the tenth as of right now as we're recording this. 
Sony has yet to actually reveal their prices for their console. Which it it doesn't make sense because I've been looking at, you know, previous generations and easily by August, early August, that information was already out. And, you know, the fact that especially considering the kind of year everyone's having with COVID and the financial issues that people are having, why would you, you know, want to delay something like this and, and keep people waiting? Now, I will say, and this kind of segues into the topic that I thought was pretty interesting to discuss today. You know, I, I almost wonder if this is partly why, as far as Microsoft goes, because when they when they announced the officially announced the Series S and you know showed the prices and the release day, I think November tenth is the November tenth or twentieth is the official date that it comes out. Yeah. I think it's the but along alongside that, Microsoft has announced a financing option where if if you can't afford it at full price, you can opt to do for let's say the Series X, which is at Four ninety nine, the the more expensive model. You can pay thirty five dollars a month, no con- like uh, no no interest, no hidden fees, and you get immediate access to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, Xbox Live multiplayer, and EA or Microsoft Xbox All Access, whatever it's called, All Access, which I gives you access awesome. to a bunch of different games and everything. So it gives you it gives you several different things along with it and you just pay $35 a month for the series X. And if you want the series S, which is at two ninety nine, you can pay $25 a month for the same stuff added along with it, which I got to say, even, even if, and more likely probable that PS five will outsell the Xbox as far as just raw numbers go. I mean, that's a pretty appealing option as far as the series S from what I've seen. I know I know the Series X is more optimized for 4K gaming. Personally, I don't really care as much about 4K gaming as long yeah. as it's high definition. Plus, I have a 4K TV anyway, so playing, you know, playing something high def on there, it's it's still going to look good. But as as long as it looks good, I'm fine with it. It's just kind of a nice perk to have, but you know, as far as some of the specs are a little less on the Series S, but at the same time, like it still runs about this. I think the CPU is the same and mm. I know it runs at four teraflops as opposed to 12 on the series X. So there's, there's some difference, but I, I just, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like it's that gigantic of a difference to where it feels like you're downgrading. If you go from a, say in my case, uh, Xbox one S to a series S, although I still don't see myself doing that just because, there's just not enough game wise for me to move over mm-hmm. already. But if someone is in that kind of a position, let's say they have the original Xbox one, or let's say they don't even, they have a 360 still or something like that. And they wanted to do something kind of like that, but they're struggling financially. It kind of gives them a bit of an option, which, you know, I got to give some credit, I think to Microsoft for doing that because I don't know if Sony's going to do that. I kind of doubt it, but even if they even if they give a financing option, what's your take on this Spencer? I don't know. I don't see them making the PS5 digital version 299. 
I just oh I, absolutely not yeah they're they're not they're not going to drop the PS5 uh, digital version because as far as my understanding with the PS5 di- um, digital edition of it it's just the the regular PS5 without a disc tray right it um, still runs the exact same specs and everything yep. so so I'm starting to understand the method to Xbox's madness I mean it's still madness but it's <laughs> there is a process to it so essentially what they're doing is they're going down the route of games as a service business model. So they're not, I, it really seems at this rate that they're not concerned with selling consoles anymore. They know that Sony is going to just win in that ballpark Mm -hmm. and win massively. Um, And Nintendo as well. I mean, you know, uh, just based off of how well Switch has done alone. Um, well, and they should, in my opinion. Yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo should outdo <laughs> <Yeah>. Microsoft. <laughs> I'd yeah, be disappointed if they didn't. <laughs> um, I think where Xbox is going to dig themselves into a hole, well, it, it, in a lot of a lot of different areas. So they've really been pushing the X Cloud. They've really been pushing, trying to um, basically stream gameplay to either your phone or to you know, your TV or wherever, which, you know, uh, you know, on paper is a really solid idea. But I mean, if you think about it in comparison to Google, I mean, they tried, they, they initially tried doing the, the same thing with Stadia and look how colossally that failed. I mean, if Google with the resources they have and the money that they have couldn't make Stadia work, I'm just a little bit hesitant on my end to believe that, you know, it's going to, be a huge colossal success for Microsoft. I mean, who? Kn- I mean, I-, I could be wrong. It could, you know, be you know a massive success. I mean, who knows? But um, I- I'm just based off of what's happened in the past. I just I don't foresee that happening, or at least being able to have the it, to instill the infrastructure for to have that be a uh, an overall product that you know gamers are willing to like you know invest in i think it's going to take be a a fur way further out into the future um i i definitely agree and we you can kind of see this with nintendo nintendo has tried to do cloud gaming mobile gaming and it's just it's not really worked for them they tried to do the i think it was super mario run or something like that and that didn't do well now you can point to the mario kart you know, world tour, but you know, it just overall, it seems like in general, when companies, like you said, try to do this, it just, it's, it's not there. I think it could very well be there at some point in the future, but I just don't. And and I was actually getting ready to bring that up too, because it does seem like that's part of Microsoft's goal is to push, you know, more of this cloud gaming kind of thing and more of this, you know, online online thing and you know i just i don't see it i don't see it working just yet and who knows maybe down maybe down the road it will and if it if it ends up you know being a thing that is able to be pulled off quite well who knows maybe microsoft will start to you know jump towards the top who knows but I, i mean i just at the moment it doesn't really seem like a winning strategy yeah, well, I think th- there's a good number of things you have to consider. One of them being, um, if you're if you're pushing, you know, your entire infrastructure around this games as a service business model, 
than Xbox is doing, um, it, it very much leads down the slippery slope of companies potentially, well, specifically with Microsoft's case, uh, potentially, you know, pulling, you know, EA maneuvers, you know, pulling, you know, uh, basically incorporating microtransactions and, and, you know, uh, keeping you tied down to, you know, subscriptions and stuff to all these different services. It's like, oh, well, you want to play this game? Well, you have to buy this subscription uh, package, but it's like, okay, but in order for, you know, uh, to have, you know, to be able to, uh, link your game to the xCloud, you're going to have to uh, sign up for this subscription service. And then, you know, further down the line, you're going to have, you're going to be, you know, basically kind of doing the, um, you know, the, the mobile industry, um, you know, uh, scheming more or less. Like, you know, how they, how they, you know, bog you down with all these packages and subscription services and, you know, all these things. It, it, it very much seems especially with their branding with the consoles, they're very much trying to mimic that business practice of, you know, I mean, really, it's, it's really predatory if you think about it. Um, granted, who knows, Microsoft might not be as egregious with it. They might just, you know, have it just be a simple, you know, one-step, you know, subscription service thing. But I am just, I'm not super convinced or sold on that because i mean i mean if you look with you know how they're running things as it is with their current um systems i mean you have like you know you have game pass you have xbox live there's you know all access um i mean they're very much going down this route where if you want to basically consume any form of product on their platforms you have to basically sign up for all these subscription services. And, yeah, uh, and yeah, we got. And I mean, people have enough subscriptions anyway to, you know, to watch TV online. You know, yeah. and do they really want to add? Some of them probably will, but do, does is that really going to be the new norm? Is that people will just sign up for a bunch of different gaming subscriptions just to play video games? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, knows, and, maybe um, maybe they'll try it and they'll realize what doesn't work and then they'll adjust it and it won't be like that in the future. Who knows? But yeah, that and I'm, another, I'm not sure how I feel about that, honestly. And another thing that they're really, this is the major area where they've really shot themselves in the foot is so with the series S and the series X, um, any game that is developed for those con for, the, for those consoles is also going to have to be, um, you know, basically capable of being ran on the One X and the One S. So, you know, all these third-party developers aren't going to be able, or even you know, their their first-party studios um, won't be able to fully utilize the the current hardware, and the, for the will uh, will be able to utilize the current hardware within the next-gen consoles because they're having to design ports that are. Uh, basically capable of being ran on both systems. Whereas with the PS5, the PS5 is not going to have that issue. You know, they Sony came out and said, you know, if, you know, we're going to be developing a game for the PS5, it's solely going to be developed for the PS5, um, you know, with some exceptions, with some, um, you know, some uh, cross-compatible, you know, ports being carried over from the PS4 to the PS5. 
But mm-hmm. any 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 new title that's being developed for the PS5 is strictly going to be developed for the PS5. Um, Which that's that's the method I prefer, you know, mm-hmm. make your games able to work on your system, make them great games, obviously, and that should be good. I mean, you know, it, it just goes back to this very simple strategy of keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple. People <laughs> sure. will buy it. That's why Sony is being. That's why Sony is so successful with their PlayStation games. Is because they keep it yeah. simple. They give people exactly what they want. I mean, PlayStation and like, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, it, it really but, seems. It really to just to tie this up because uh, I know I don't know I've kind of harped on this subject for a while, but uh, I mean, it really just seems like to me, Xbox is checking out of the console war. That they're they're. They're just, mm-hmm. they're not even bothering anymore. They're yeah. moving to an entirely different ballpark with, you know, games as a service, with the games as a service model. And I think after this next console generation, that you're not going to see any consoles being made from Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's all going to be X Cloud based, or if they're still alive by then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, it- it's it's risky but we'll see if if it works for them at some point in the future or if phil spencer has to go find a new job <laughs> you know and i definitely uh, think replaced. He, again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna linger too much on the subject but yeah all these people that thought phil spencer was gonna come in and just save xbox it does not seem like it they, they have <laughs> been tanking they have been tanking under phil spencer you know, all these projects getting canceled under his, you know, over his management, um, all these people leaving and getting fired due to, you know, either not being able to deliver on, you know, um, you know, whether it be on their end or due to lack of company resources, um, bringing in, you know, especially with Halo Infinite specifically, bringing in contractors to just, you know, to, you know, work on the game and, you know, being hired on for a temporary basis. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I really think he has driven Xbox, you know, more on a downward slope, not an upward slope. Well, you know who really doesn't like Phil Spencer? It has to be the people from GameStop because he's oh, essentially yeah. putting them out of business. I mean, yeah, I, if I remember, I, I think, I think Microsoft initially was against the idea of having a digital store on their on their um, system to be able to buy games digitally. And when Sp- when Phil Spencer came in around the time of shortly before Xbox One, uh, the Xbox One is what started doing it. And now you're seeing, you know. GameStop start to tank and they're probably going to go the way of Blockbuster here pretty soon, I'm guessing. So, yeah, and and that's not fault to Xbox. I just think, you know, the market is changing. And if you can't keep up with, you know, the changing market, I mean, you're you're bound to fail, you know? Um, I don't think that's fault on Xbox, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but well, speaking of games, uh, we want to move on to this topic here. I don't know how much time we'll spend on here, but this is this is interesting. We each have something to say about Madden 21 in general, but just different oh, things. Yes. This this is what I wanted to bring up. And 
for those of you listening, you probably have a, an idea of what I'm going to say, or at least what one of us is going to bring up. So, obviously, you know, the beloved Colin Kaepernick, he, uh, probably the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. And for whatever reason, they just haven't had him in uh, the NFL, Madden NFL games, I think since the 2016 game. And, well... Well, it's probably he doesn't play for an actual team, so like, which is racist. It's <laughs> racist. Doesn't it? Doesn't have anything to do with no, the fact that he's not a great quarterback. It's just racist, <laughs> you know. Stupid well, EA Sports he, has decided that they need to they need to make amends for this error. So, yeah. Yeah, and so what they've what they've decided to do is for Madden 21, which just came out, and by the way, is getting massively bashed all across the board. Uh, what, what, so it's yeah. So what they've decided to do now is they've made Colin Kaepernick a free agent on Madden 21. Can be drafted onto any any team, and. Yeah, that's that's the new thing. And I guess let's see the undefeated, which I think is a sports website. It reports that Kaepernick took a hands on approach to his inclusion in the game, lobbying for his digital avatar to have an afro and to use the black power fist as a touchdown celebration, as he did in his most NF, uh, recent NFL season. So not only is he back in the game, but whenever he's if he uh, scores a touchdown, he will do his Black Lives Matter fist thing that he's that he started doing right before he left the first time. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. It, I, mean, I, re- I Honestly, I really don't care anyway because I don't know if we talked about it last episode, but I'm not going to get Madden 21 anyway because they haven't really done any updates to the game as a whole for the past several years. So it's like Madden I, 12 or 13. The game why has would been I spend, universally the same. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I spend $60 on the equivalent to a patch update and get pretty much the same commentary, the same teams, Yep. you know, update the rosters a little bit, but outside of that, it's really not changed that much. All so, they really do every year is they just add, they throw in some random new mode that no one gives a fuck about because, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone's playing the freaking Madden ultimate team, which is just a freaking, you know, slot machine. It's just a, 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 a video game slot machine. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just this inserted, you know, um, microtransaction, you know, predatory money-making scheme th- that, you know, they somehow make billions and billions of dollars off of. Uh, it's just, it's nonsense. And, mm-hmm. and you could tell that there was, uh, some, there was somebody on Twitter that had um, uh, basically posted, like, gameplay where they had zoomed in, and it was... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like a Madden 19 promo uh, banner was in one of like the 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 practice uh, rooms or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like a Madden wow. 19 uh, poster or like a Madden 18 poster, and yeah, no, it was Madden 19. And uh, and yeah, there's you can just tell there's like all these assets from like previous games that are just copy and pasted into the games, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's this recycled garbage every year 
you got to imagine the team that works on each game is is probably significantly smaller than it used to be because they're just like, oh, just go in there and make, you know, a couple minor changes here and there, update the roster, and then, you know, just, you know, it's good from there. We'll sell it. We'll make a ton of money off of it. Good to go. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know. Because the graphics, the graphics don't look all that much different either, right? I mean, I... Yeah, I, no, I, I, they haven't. I don't think they've changed the engine to that game since, gosh, pr- probably like Madden 13 or Madden, Madden 14. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would imagine. Um, so really just my kind of thinking on it is, is as far as these sports games, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see the, the point and releasing, releasing a sports game every single year. If you don't have something to really update it with, you know, maybe release one every two years money. or something like that. I mean, obviously I understand it's, it's money, but you know, but if, take take that aspect out of it if you want people if you just want people to like your game and then get money too you know you don't have to release a sports game every year because it's sports it's not it's not like tomb raider it's not like star wars where you can have a completely new story and new characters and all this stuff so i mean i you know they're not going to do that they're going to keep pumping these out and making more money but you know, money. If, if if a normal person, yeah, <laughs> that's just that's all that's in EA's mind. It's that's just, really that's, all. It's really all that needed to be said was just that one word, money, and we could yeah. just move on. <laughs> so, was there was there something that you specifically wanted to bring up about Madden Twenty One, or was it, was it the money issue? Was that it? It's just again, uh, I mean, EA. Like, what baffles me is that EA has been under. You know, specifically like internationally, they've had to deal with all these lawsuits due like due to all the microtransactions and stuff that they've added in FIFA, that they've added in the Madden games, that they've added in, you know, um, you know, the UFC games. I mean, like two, um, not two games, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've essentially like I think with Australia specifically, um, it's illegal to have like microtransactions in video games. They have a law. A really? place where you cannot yeah absolutely you cannot have um I, i'm trying to remember it's it's some but there's like a specific agency or like institution or something that you know basically looks for these you know predatory practices and you know basically they're like hey you can't <laughs> you can't do this mm-hmm. and um they've they've had i would think that it would save them more money in the long run just to not even incorporate it um but I mean, who knows? Maybe just making money in the in the, you know, in in the um, North American sector is you know gives them enough of a buffer to you know deal with all those lawsuits. So, but um, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just you you mentioned something earlier that just got me thinking about this too. Uh, this is not related to Madden Twenty One, but going off again on on video games have you heard anything about the latest pga tour game 2k21 uh no i don't believe so so i don't know much you maybe you're completely different than me and probably a lot of you listening are i don't know but i really i i enjoy golf games a lot i i have no idea how to play golf you know i i have no experience whatsoever not not even 
I don't even know if I've been on a golf course. Maybe I have, but uh, not like a legit golf course anyway, a national one. But so I, I really enjoy playing these games and I've been playing. I think the one that I first started with was like Tiger Woods 2006, his PGA Tour one. <laughs> so, you know, I've played them off and on and, and they're pretty fun. You know, it's a great way to just relax and, you know, play play some play a sports game where you know you get to upgrade your character things like that and you get to also play as these professional golfers like tiger woods and and uh, phil mickelson and all these different people well so initially for for the longest time the the golf series if you will has been under ea sports well recently ea sports got rid of it so now it's under the 2k uh, company. So now, now it's PGA tour 2k 21. And this is their, their first one that just came out. And I had thought about getting it because it looked it at first glance, it looked like it'd be pretty fun because you know, all the graphics look great. The courses look pretty cool from what I saw and the customization of the character that you could create and upgrade and, and so on and so forth looked interesting. But the more I looked at it, the more I realized, wow, they really, are wanting people to spend 60 bucks for a lot less than a game that came out 15 years ago gave them. So essentially what, what they're doing is they've made it to where you have a career mode and essentially that's, you create your own character from scratch and you advance through different matches and you go up against, I think it's 12 pro golfers that they've brought into this game, which in and of itself is pathetic because some of the oldest Tiger Woods games has like all of them in there, but there's just 12 in this one and you can only play against them. You, there is no mode where you can, you know, if you just want to goof around and play as Tiger Woods against, let's say it's Justin Thomas or, or uh, Jim Furyk or someone like that. You can't do that anymore. Not in this game. You can only play as the character that you created or a different character that you created. So they're limiting that. They have severely limited the amount of golf courses you can play on. Pebble Beach isn't on there. Um, Doral's not on there. Some of the other really famous golf courses are not on there. You can't play the Masters, um, which you can really play that for a long time anyway, but that's not on there. There's just several things that aren't on there, and the more I looked at it, the more I'm like, yeah, kind of a waste of money. And apparently the game crashes constantly. So that's great. So <laughs> you'll yeah. combo combo. Yeah. So if anyone out there likes to play games like that, I I would recommend against it. Unless I well, mean, I'm it, sure I'm sure you can access all those features if you give them more money. It's like yeah, exactly. Well, that that's, that's kind of why I brought it up, because it's again, it's clearly people not putting enough effort into things, because, again, they they realize they're still going to get your money out of it and yeah and it's like and and why why should they like why should they make an effort when they control the market when they control you know the entire you know, you know what i mean it's like there's no there's no other competitor so if they you know if they dominate that space why should they even have to put forth any effort in actually making their games like be better over time like because mm-hmm. you know it, it this is the problem when you have these mega corporations like ea and 2k basically you know having exclusive 
licensing deals to make these games. It's like when you, I mean, name me one other game that's been produced within the past, I don't know, like 10 years that, uh, that, you know, like a simulation football game or simulation basketball game or simulation baseball game or something that was not, you know, EA or 2K. I mean, you, you freaking can't. You, you draw can't on a blank. Draw yeah, on a exactly. blank here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. But I know we've we've harped on Microsoft and games a lot so far. And you know, it. Well, I'm I'm I will say I'm interested to see what what Sony does, and I'm sure we'll talk about that when it happens. But um, yeah, it. The whole thing is just it's just frustrating, you know. But. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll turn around. We just have to give them more money, and they'll, and they'll do it. No, just you like give it's just them like less money. I have seen a lot of people refunding and canceling pre-orders and stuff, and that is the way to do it. Like mm-hmm. if if you want to stick it to them, you have to stop buying these games. You have to stop purchasing these freaking microtransactions. Like you. The, if it's like with everything in it, life, they will continue to keep putting these things in the game that you, you got to like. vote with your wallet. That's exactly. what you got to do with with pretty much everything. If you don't like something, don't buy it. You know, stop buying it if you don't like it. It's pretty simple, you know. So, OK, uh, I want to move on to this this other topic that I know we've I don't know if you've been chomping at the bit, but I've kind of been chomping at the bit to get to since I saw it i think yesterday was when i first saw this this is this is awesome we might even play a clip of the interview for you to kind of give you an idea of of what specifically was said and I'll, and I'll read i'll read what she said so daisy ridley she's the actress that played ray in the most recent star wars trilogy and she was on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Jimmy Kimmel wasn't hosting it. It was Josh Gad, a guest hosting it. But he was interviewing her and asking her about her time on uh, the Star Wars set. And specifically, he got around to asking her about the revelation that if you went and saw Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker, this this past holiday season, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But this revelation that Ray is Palpatine's daughter, essentially, and and or then she had, I, I guess she's both in a daughter. Yeah, yeah. It's confusing because initially it said granddaughter, and then they yeah. said in the book that Palpatine was a clone, and that yeah. technically you could argue that Ray is his daughter, and not yeah. technically. It's it's messed up, and. Now, now we officially, pretty much officially, know why it's so messed up. And it, me and Spencer pretty much had this theory since the Force Awakens, but now it's pretty much confirmed uh, right now. And when he was asking her about the the process of of Ray's heritage being revealed, um, this is what she says. She says. At the beginning, there was toying with an Obi-Wan connection. There were different versions. Then it really went to, it was no one. And then it came to episode nine and JJ pitched me the film and was like, oh yeah, Palpatine is granddaddy. And 
apparently it got more jumbled from there. This from the New York Post. She said, then two weeks later, JJ was like, oh, we're not sure. So it kept changing. So then even as we were filming Rise of Skywalker, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. And while her parentage was kept under wraps during the first two films, the Ray Kenobi reveal was ultimately scrapped. And there, um, <coughs> let's see, there was a clip that I'd seen of Kathleen Kennedy being asked. She was asked about it as well during the, I think it was the, it was either the premiere or was after the premiere of Rise of Skywalker, but she was asked about the Ray Palpatine thing. And the guy was like, so has this been planned since The Force Awakens? And Kathleen was like, oh yeah, this has been planned for a long time. Well, we know for a fact, unless Daisy Ridley is just flat out lying, but I don't see how that's possible. Um, but according to her, the, the actress that played the role She's saying, no, this was not planned. They had several other ideas and they didn't even know what they were going to do as they were making the movie. And oh. it feels so good. It feels so good to be right about this. See, everyone it, it, was so convinced. <laughs> everyone was so convinced that people like us were wrong about this. Everyone was like, no, they had a plan. They had stuff planned out. You know, don't look at the video evidence. You know, there, there was a plan. And then we have this. We have this bombshell. Oh, it feels there so was, good. There was a picture, a picture Hold that came out during L sequel defenders. Hold this massive L. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a picture that came out during the Force Awaker while it was out or leading up to when it was out, and it shows JJ Abrams and um oh who was the guy? I shouldn't I feel bad that I don't know this name. He wrote uh, the Empire Strikes Back, and he wrote The Force Awakens. Oh, uh, Lawrence Kasdan? Kasdan, yeah. The, uh, literally a picture of both of them on set, writing the script on set. So they were writing the script as they were making the film. And, you know, yes, obviously, I know during during film, sometimes things change. Sometimes, you know, oh, that's not going to yeah. work. Or during the editing process after after you know you filmed and during you know post production and everything certain things you know go out and you know i get that that happens in pretty much every movie but if you are changing key elements and you don't even know what a key element is and you don't the the thing is with any with any good movie you have to have a basic outline you have to have okay this is where we're going to go this here's our key characters here's their backstory here's the overall picture of where we're going to go. Sometimes things may change along the way, but mm -hmm. here's where we, where we're going to go. That's pretty common sense. But you know, this, in my opinion, just further proves that this is just, as we were talking about in the previous segment, all about the money. That's what the sequel trilogy is. Especially there the for. It's, it's there. Like Spencer yeah. is famous for calling it, the merch awakens. This the is merch all awakens. about merchandise, yeah. all about money. That's all this has ever been about, for as far as the top dogs go in Disney and Lucasfilm. Because I remember when I was, you know, working in retail. I mean, when the, when that movie got announced, I mean, there was Star Wars merch everywhere, and I mean mm -hmm. everywhere. And, and and you know, it it they were handed. It essentially boils down to this. They were gifted this money-making machine 
and they had absolutely no idea what to do with it. They had no form of coherent plan set in place to actually freaking operate it. You know what I mean? It's just, well, it, it, and you know what's more frustrating about this is George Lucas had the outline there. He had yeah. it when he mm-hmm. sold it to them. I was like, "Here's mm-hmm. here's my outline another- for this trilogy." Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give this to you, help you, you know, I don't have to direct, I don't have to write or anything. I can help you get this done. And they just threw it away and like, oh no, we got this. And then Which was another thing Kathleen Kennedy lied about. She said that there was no plan or the, or not, sorry, I'm sorry, that George didn't have an outline or didn't write like any outlines or anything for a sequel trilogy. She openly lied about that. There is a video evidence. There's video evidence of around the time when Disney bought out Star Wars. Uh, or bought up Star Wars. It was an interview between, you know, he and her. And basically, he was talking about how, you know, he had written, you know, multiple outlines for um, a sequel trilogy, but that he was going to place it in Kathleen Kennedy's hands. And then, obviously, they were just like, oh, we're chunking this in the, you know, <laughs> you know we're, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to... We're going to, you know, shoehorn in all these, you know, you know, progressive SJW, you know, um, you know, virtue signaling, uh, you know, scenes and into all the these force, movies. The and, forces female. Yeah, forces campaign. female. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it, again, I always heart back, you know, I am of the contention that Kathleen Kennedy, you know, went out of her way to actively destroy Star Wars out of a petty grudge that she held against Lucas because that she uh, wasn't hired on to be a, um, an executive um, producer for the, the prequel trilogy. I'm, I'm telling you, that has to be why. Was she involved with the original trilogy either? I can't remember. No, she was involved with Indiana Jones, I believe. Yeah, I, I knew that. I mm-hmm. just, I don't. I was pretty sure she had no involvement in Star Wars up till now, yeah. essentially. So. I don't believe she was involved with, yeah, I don't believe she was involved in the OT. She, she might've been, she might've been like a, um, like a, a camera operator or like a, or somebody who knows, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do know she was an executive producer for, um, for like the, uh, Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. When she'll and, probably be one again for the fifth one that's slated to come out in a couple yeah. of years. So, you know, and it's like, I, I, I'm telling, I'm telling you, man, she, she actively went out of her way to destroy star Wars over a penny grudge that she held against him because that she, she didn't get hired on at the time to do the prequel trilogy. I'm convinced of it. The way I've. Yeah. Well, you know, the kind of the way I've seen it so far, if you want to talk about good news, potentially, is she, from from my standpoint, doesn't appear to have had a lot of involvement with some of the, you know, like the, the Disney suit, like the Mandalorian or finishing up the Clone Wars, or I don't even know if she's had a whole lot of involvement with Rogue One or Solo. Uh, you um, know, she, she did. She had some... Um... I know, like, initially Gareth Edwards wanted to make Rogue One a lot more, like, grittier and darker. Mm-hmm. But um, they, she initially came in and, and scrapped certain material um, so that it could 
you know, cater to a wider range of audiences. So, um, yeah. So th- there was that. And then obviously firing, uh, firing the initial directors for solo and, um, solo. And then they changed the director two or three times for rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. you know, cause JJ and then we, we even touched on this last week with what John Boyega said, you know, JJ was not originally supposed to direct episode nine. It was supposed to be three different directors for the three films. And I just don't know who you put in there though, to make it, <laughs> to make that film not be bad. I don't, well, yeah, I mean, it was bad from the get go. It really was. I mean, I, I enjoy aspects of the force awakens and I'm even somewhat softening up to the last Jedi as far as certain scenes, but it's <laughs> not, it's not a lot, but and by the way, <laughs> I found that if you if you just completely cut out the Canto Bite scenes in The Last Jedi and most of the scenes with Rose in them and Finn, for that matter, then it's actually a little bit easier to sit through, but it's still boring. Yeah, anyway, because that whole that whole plot line was just, you know, the whole Canto really Bite plot line was just not even relevant to the plot, really. I mean, and, and it, it's just an it goes back to being another set of evidence of how they didn't know what they were doing because there's an entire exactly. entire subplot in that film that literally meant nothing to the, yeah, to the they prioritize spectacle and and putting in all these you know um, you know progressive ideas and um, you know th- they placed all of that before the actual film before the actual you know the the you know the script. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm hopeful because the Mandalorian season two comes out at the end of next month, essentially Halloween. It's like a day before Halloween. And even though, you know, I I've enjoyed the first season. It was, it was kind of slow getting through it the second time. And I still haven't gotten through it the second time, but I'll, I'm going to try to before the second season comes out. Cause I want to refresh everything that happened. But I enjoyed I enjoy, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed most of the movies but um you know as long as John Favreau and Dave Filoni are still the overall heads of that series I think it'll keep doing well and I'm telling you what if she tries to get in there with that too and she's already if if I'm if my memory serves me right I think she's she, I know she's definitely not been happy with the Obi-Wan script. And I can't remember if, if something happened with season two of the Mandalorian that she wanted scrapped or wasn't happy with. I can't remember, but there were, there was something in one of the TV series that she was really upset about. And we don't know why we don't know what it was specifically, but man, I just, for the life of me, the really, at this point, the only chance star Wars has of being great again is for Kathleen Kennedy to be replaced because she doesn't I mean, understand. It's going to take it's been, even care. then. It's going to it's going to take a lot. I mean, all, I mean, with all the damage that's been done, and and, and um, there's there's been rumor that um, you know supposedly that you know John Favreau or Dave Filoni is going to take over uh, as head of um, you know Lucasfilm, and if they do, then they're um, essentially going to there's this rumor that's out there that that holds a lot of that holds a lot of weight 
um because i think doomcock had initially reported on it um but essentially um i want to say i'm not familiar with clone wars or uh rebels lore but um there's this thing called like the room of mirrors or like Mm -hmm. the chamber of mirrors or something and essentially there is this theory that they are going to use that as a means of retconning the entire um sequel trilogy because in um in the rise of skywalker spoilers i guess not really i mean the movie has been out for a while but um in the rise of skywalker you know when demon ray shows up and like you know does the like weird bilbo baggins thing where she like shows her you know monster teeth or whatever yeah Um, and then whips out her double-bladed lightsaber there is you can kind of see in the background there's like broken glass and stuff like or like you know shattered glass in the background um and people are speculating that that is uh that palpatine had like uh, a chamber where he had like all the mirrors set up and shit um so there's speculation that they're gonna use that as a means to retcon the sequel trilogy Huh. Yeah, I've I've heard that theory. I'm not sure. I I'm skeptical of that. I, I think it's kind of wishful thinking. Yeah, incredibly. But, but, but I mean, if you if, were going if, to re, if you were if, going to like put Star Wars back at square one, that is the way to do it. That would be the only way you could do it. Yeah, if if the right person came in and wanted to find a way to to fix it, I mean. I think that would be certainly a foreseeable way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know if, if they'll retcon a trilogy or not, but you know, they really Star Wars, should. <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, I agree they should. And yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm hopeful, but not that hopeful as, as sad as it is yeah. for me to say, just because of everything that's happened so far with Star Wars. And the fact that from this point forward till long after me and Spencer are gone, Disney is still going to own that thing. And who knows yep. where it will, where it will look 10, 20 years from now, which hopefully neither Spencer or I are, are dead in 10 or 20 years, but <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Not to harp on that one too much, but I just thought it was incredibly interesting, and yeah. you should definitely I just, I check out so that interview. It, oh man, I just all these people tell me how See, you know how, how how you know misogynistic and racist I was, and you know, claiming <laughs> that I was just this horrible human being for even suggesting that they didn't have a plan. And I mean, uh, you are a horrible human being, but not because of that. I mean, I mean yeah, you know, yeah, just kind of naturally goes without but, saying. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh man, I just I never felt so vindicated in my life. You know what I mean? Oh man, <laughs> kind of wish I kind of wish Laramie was here right now, just so we could just, <sighs> just pile do on some him. freaking victory lap dances. Man, <laughs> when he told me after he saw The Force Awakens, he thought that was the best movie he's seen of all time. Like not just the best Star Wars movie, yeah. but one of the best movies he's ever seen in his life. And by the way, I'm. I'm talking about our old boss from back in the college days when we worked at the radio station up there. Big Star Wars fan, but yeah. Laramie, we're not saying your opinion's wrong or anything, but your opinion's wrong, so. 
<laughs> no, it, it is. It is. So anyway, um, <laughs> so to kind of close out a little bit um, and try to do this in a, a way that's not totally depressing by the end of it. But <laughs> so we didn't really talk about this, I don't think, on our last episode. But as I'm sure many of you are well aware, if not most of you, Chadwick Boseman, the actor who played the Black Panther T'Challa in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He also played some other roles. He played Jackie Robinson in 42, which I still really want to see that film. It used to be up. I think it was on Prime, and now it's... I'd have to rent it, but I might have to do it anyway. But he's been in several he's several projects. Uh, Marshall, where he played Thurgood Marshall, um, and several other things in film and television. Passed away, I think it was August 28th. It was on a Friday. It was a couple weeks ago. It was pretty recent. At the age of, I think, 43, 42 or 43 of stage four colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was a, I mean, it was a shock to me. It was, I mean, it was a shock to most people, even people that he knew. Because he's he had it since 2016 is when he got diagnosed with it. And he didn't really tell most of anyone. And apparently... You know, just in general, he's a pretty private person when it comes to things like health and just just his, you know, him, his, him personally, he's he was pretty private. But, um, you know, he's he seemed like a pretty great guy. And there were some things that I had I had discovered that I didn't really I hadn't known. First of all, back in April of this year, he had done an Instagram video where he was trying to trying to start a fundraiser for PPE for these hospitals in African American communities that were dealing with COVID and he was trying to raise money for that with, with his fans. Well, if you I think there's a I think it's on I think it's still on the internet, but you can go back and if you if you watch that video on Instagram, he looks very thin. I mean, to the point where fans were asking him about it concerned and he didn't, he didn't say what, what it was. He just, you know, moved on. But I mean, obviously he was going through treatment at that time and we just, no one knew about it, but it, it's just crazy to think that he was doing all those Marvel films essentially while he was going through this. I mean, the first, the first Marvel one he was in was Captain America civil war, which I think came out in 2016. And then he was in, um, two of the Avengers movies, black Panther, which came out in 2018. And then he did, I, I think there was one project that came out last year. I can't remember. It was a movie came out last year that he was in. And then the one that, came out either early this year or was supposed to come out this year, but it just did. He did like up to 10 films from my recollection um, during that time. And that's just insane that, uh, they, especially with that kind of treatment. I mean, that would be tough to, to do all that. And I think one of the, one of the saddest things that I had seen about it is back in, it was leading up to the release of black Panther the the film and he had visited St. Jude's Children's Hospital to visit these terminally ill children. Well, he had become friends with a couple of them and these these two young boys that were really excited for the premiere of Black Panther film and 
they were, you know, really wanting to see it. And then he had found out once it premiered that those two kids that he had befriended had passed away, never got a chance to see it. And it just, I guess he had done a video where he would, he just broke down over it. And it was just kind of chilling to me reading that because he was going through his own treatment during that time as well. And I don't know. I, just wanted to bring it up because even though it's a sad story, I just, there's, there's this commencement that he gave. I think it was at um, the university that he graduated from in DC where it was just really inspirational. The things that he said to the graduating class. And, you know, I just thought it was kind of a, a cool thing that he inspired hope to a lot of people and he never let anything like cancer, colon cancer, cancer in general that so many people have struggled with keep him from doing what he wanted to do and apparently he he made a impact on on quite a few people that he either interacted with or worked with uh in his films yeah man um it's like it just baffles me how he had the time to you know do chemo and all these other films and you know, go to all these different, you know, hospitals and stuff to meet with these kids. Like, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, his his life just must have been nonstop, you know, every day. Uh, just, you know, crazy. He probably viewed it as, you know what? I'm not going to let this thing stop me. And if, if, I, if, if I am going to die from this, I might as well have as much fun as I possibly can and, and do all the things that I want to do, which, you know, that, uh, that's that's the way to do it really just you know don't don't let whatever may come or whatever may not come keep you from living your life the way you want to live it and live it to the absolute fullest so anyway i thought that was a good note to end the show off on and do appreciate it everyone everyone for tuning into our podcast today really um, value your time and we try to bring forth some topics that you know even if other people are talking about we like to talk about it in our own way and try to bring some some kind of perspective that you may not get everywhere else so thank you spencer for joining me yet again on this venture absolutely tis has been a wild raging good time so absolutely and we'll see you back here next week once again if you want to check us out on our on our podcasts on different platforms, currently you can find us on Spotify and Pocket Cast, as well as our home base there on Anchor.fm. And we will catch you back here next week. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>